0: Welcome to Nancy Wilson's Femina Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to mention one of our favorite books from Nancy, Learning Contentment, a study for ladies of every age. We tend to think being stressed out is a normal state of affairs, and that contentment means sitting back and just bottling things up. For the Christian, however, contentment is something we must apply, work at, and make our own in every circumstance. Because anxiety and frustration are not neutral behaviors. In Learning Contentment, Nancy looks to the Bible and Puritans like Jeremiah Burroughs, Samuel Rutherford, Thomas Watson, and Charles Spurgeon to help us develop the practical spiritual strength and the perspective that comes from contentment's deep satisfaction with the will of God. Find it today at canonpress.com or listen to it on the Canon app. Welcome to the Feminine Podcast. This is Nancy Wilson. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today, we're going to pick up uh, verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to continue talking about Christian charity or Christian love as we extend it to our children. And so today, verse 5, love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. All right. First of all, love does not behave rudely. The King James says, does not behave itself unseemly. (laughs) I love that. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Is not rude. How many times, ladies, have you seen mothers behaving in an unseemly manner, displaying rude manners toward their children, speaking loudly, counting, tapping their foot, blaming, arguing, threatening, and losing control in public? You are annoying me! I'm never bringing you with me again! I'm going to count to five! You know, on and on. And it's so embarrassing, right? Where do you think the children learn to roll their eyes and talk back and disobey, etc.? It's often, sadly, they learn it from their mothers. And I've seen mothers make fun of their children in front of other women, openly embarrassing them. I've seen and heard a mother complain loudly about her children, or how many children she has in front of the children. And I've seen women share their children's failings in front of of them and to others. And this is very rude and unseemly, and it's not kind, and it's not loving, but it can be selfish and cruel. The children's behavior is your responsibility. So don't blame the kids. Don't threaten them. Confess your own rude, unseemly behavior to God. And then seek the children's forgiveness if you have treated them this way. And I'm not talking about jolly teasing, where everyone enjoys it. But there is a line, and you should know where it is. There are times that you can tell a funny story about your child, and they are beaming, and they're enjoying it as much as you are. And they are loved by the story. They're feeling loved. But there are other ways that you can tell embarrassing things where they do not feel loved, and they do not feel respected. They do not feel kindness. As our children were growing up, we had, I guess you could call it a rule, that you will not share embarrassing stories about your siblings, about the dumb thing they did yesterday, or the bad test grade they got, or anything like that. And this goes back to what I've said before about loyalty. It's like, no, that's unseemly behavior. And so, if you have done that, seek your child's forgiveness, and seek the person's forgiveness who heard you saying that. Now, in the grocery store, you can't go back and seek the entire <laughs> grocery store, in all everyone's forgiveness. But if you know the sales clerk who heard you talking that way, I would tell you go back, find that person, and say, "You may not remember this, but I was very rude to my children when we were here last time," and I. I've sought their forgiveness and I just wanted to tell you, I'm sorry. That was unseemly behavior. And let me tell you, if you go back and apologize to people, you will find that that is a great way to prevent it ever happening again. And so when you're in public and taking your kids out, it's not just your children that have to have good behavior, it's you. Have you ever seen a mother just marching on, the children are scraggling along behind them and she's just not even paying attention? It's like, what kind of shepherd? is that you got you to bring them along with you and keep your eye on them and give them, this is what training and teaching is. So unless you're being, having them follow along like little baby ducks, which fine, you can do that, but prepare them in advance and then don't get angry and shouting at them if they're out of line or distracted, etc. That's unseemly and rude behavior. Treat your children like they are you know, God's creation, that they are fellow Christians, your little brothers and sisters in Christ, and don't be rude or unseemly toward them. Love does not seek its own. Well, love doesn't insist on its own way. And a mom is to be giving herself away and teaching her children, by example, how to do this. And how to not seek their own, but to seek the good of others. So don't don't turn your home into persecution central. Make it a refuge, a place that your child looks forward to coming back to. A place that is characterized by this wonderful atmosphere of love and kindness. Have you ever met someone who has absolutely no good associations with the word home? And I have. It's heartbreaking. I have met people who have never experienced home, in the best sense of the word, because the home that they grew up in was unkind, unloving, and lacked charity, lacked courtesy, was cruel and critical. And so for them, home is, they just have no definition, no good definition of home. And there's so many people who have children growing up in their own homes in a hostile relationship with them. And so For these kids, home is a place that you try to get away from. You get as far away as soon as you can. And it's just a sad statement on what the home is like. It's full of criticism. It's full of rules. It's full of discourtesy. And, you know, if you think about it, if someone were listening into the way you're speaking to your children right now, would you be embarrassed or would you be fine with it? And so God is listening. God is hearing it all the time. So, reel it in. And think about your schedule at home it ought to be for the kids, not the kids for the schedule. Don't make a family time that the kids hate and dread. You know, where you're making everyone come sit down, it's Bible time. Sit down and be quiet and you know, get your feet off the couch and don't look at your sister that way and <laughs> And so family time is just Is a horrible time. And so this goes back to what I've said about making your family culture a fun place, a loving, wonderful, warm atmosphere, that it's a fun family culture, a place where the Holy Spirit is pleased to dwell. And this is how our children grow up with fat souls. So love does not seek its own. The house is not just about mom, it's about these little people growing up in it. Next, love is not easily provoked. Matthew Henry's book, The Quest for a Gentle and Quiet Spirit, I could highly recommend, especially if you have a temptation to anger. But he points out that this world has much provocation, does it not? Much provocation. And how true this is in as you're bringing up a little house full of children. There's lots of provocation. Each day has plenty of trouble, and it's our duty as Christian mothers to not give way to provocation by freaking out complaining loudly, and so forth. Love can handle provocation without blowing up. It's like you can take a little bump here and there, and it doesn't knock you down. It's just a jostle. And sometimes, if you get good at this, provocation can be funny. You can turn it into a great story instead of getting frustrated by it, that things aren't working out as you had planned. Remember, Don't take it personally when your 8-year-old disobeys you or your 12-year-old argues with you. Don't take it personally. If you react in anger, you're going to have to go back and seek their forgiveness when it would have been far better if you had listened and responded with wisdom and kindness and instruction. So your 8-year-old disobeys. So you speak to them in love. You correct them in love. You go through the little discipline liturgy that you have with a good attitude and a cheerful spirit, and you get things put right. If your 12-year-old is arguing, you can speak to him with courtesy and kindness and thoughtfully and not get angry and not be provoked. All right, next, love thinks no evil. If you think your child may have lied to you, but you can't prove it, pray for them. I remember asking God to bring it to light when I had a suspicion that I couldn't prove. And it wasn't long before there was a little knock on my bedroom door and someone came in to confess a lie. When Doug and I were new parents, the first time our firstborn told a lie as a little tot, I remember being so shocked. It's like, what? This is a Christian household. And he said, Nancy, what do you think? We got spanked for growing up, you know, lying and disrespecting mom and, you know, all the rest. But I had this idea that a Christian home would not have that kind of sin in it. And it's like, well, what in the world? What planet was I on? But at the same time, thinking no evil means that you don't attribute bad motives. You did this because you don't care about me. You're just selfish and idle and I work all day and blah, 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 so forth and so on. You don't love me. You don't respect me. That's thinking evil. That's thinking evil. When you accuse your children... You're just doing that because you love to hurt me or you love to pick on your brother or whatever. That's the voice of the accuser. Don't do that. Think no evil. Love doesn't think evil. Don't take things personally. They're just children. So teach them. Love them. Don't think evil of them. I did used to say sometimes, jokingly, you brood of vipers. (laughs) Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know, but it was in a loving manner, where and they would laugh. It was not done in anger. It was a joke, okay? It was a joke. But you want to stay above the fray, and then you're able to discipline and instruct in kindness without impatience or exasperation. So once you take things personally, and then you're trying to, and you get hurt, then you're trying to hurt them back. And you want to have the upper hand. You want to be full of the Spirit. You want to be praying for supernatural love and you want to respond in a biblical manner. And if you need time, say, "Honey, you go to your room for a few minutes and I'm going to go to mine." And <laughs> and then we'll we'll talk. Or let's just stop right now and pray. Or, you know, whatever, if you need a minute to get your perspective, then take it by all means. But don't don't speak without without a thought and don't attribute evil motives. All right. And finally, I'm going to add one more of to this list that's not in the Bible, and that is just love has a sense of humor. Try to see the funny side of things and enjoy them. Look on the bright side. See the humor in the situation when your toddler dusts the living room with confectioner's sugar while you're sleeping on the couch. You can ask Becca about that one. When you have a good sense of humor, you can then tell the stories of your children's antics and have them laughing the hardest, even if they were disciplined about it, in a righteous way they will treasure those stories later because they were loved and instructed and enjoyed and blessed through them so thank you for joining me today may god bless you as you love your kids see you next time